How, how would you rate the steam? I was in Walmart <laughs> per usual. <laughs> um, I would say it was like a 10. Uh, like some of the scenes were a 10. Some of them were not quite as, you know, tentacly, but. Um... <laughs> I'm Courtney. And I'm Meg. And we're the hosts of the Spread Those Pages podcast, a romance lovers podcast where we like our books, how we like our coffee. Hot. So sit back, grab your vibrator, and spread those pages. Boo, all you book bitches and witches. We are here today with a special episode of Spread Those Pages podcast. If you're watching this live on YouTube, you'll get to see me dressed as a cat, and I'll let Meg tell you what she is. Um, But I'm here with my amazing co-host, Meg Latour, and we're going to talk about Katie Robert, the Kraken sacrifice today. So stay tuned. Yay. Welcome to our very special Halloween episode. If you're watching this when it releases, if you're watching it after it releases, well, welcome. You can still see Courtney (laughs) in a cat costume. I am in a like a very, very casual low-key Pokemon costume. For anyone who knows Pokemon, especially Pokemon Go, I am Dragonair, which is the second evolution after Dratini. If you like Pokemon Go, give us a shout. (laughs) (laughs) I think you look absolutely adorable. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So as Courtney mentioned, we are, we just read The Kraken Sacrifice by Katie Roberts. So Katie is already coming on this episode for a second time. Well, as far as her books and because we previously read, oh my God, The Court, The Court of the Vampire Queen, which we had a great time with. And we said it was like, what, a nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 for steamy levels. Yeah. So we were like, yo, it's going to be Halloween. Let's do a monster romance. And yeah, so we did a Kraken slash octopus guy, half male, half octopus. What did you describe him as? He said something, though. He was like, I'm not an octopus. I'm a a Kraken or or squid. Yeah. And and she described his eyes as inky a lot. So I imagined he was like a squid, but I'm not. For certain what he is he has tentacles though so if you're into that tentacle spice ladies <laughs> this one this one has it i had seen i don't know if it's called character art or whatever that was steamy with these two characters that was done by frankie if you like frankie's work she's done a lot of comic artist stuff i'll throw it up on the screen and stuff if you're watching on youtube but i interviewed her over on iriderly she is so cool she's got a hades and persephone comic whatever but anyways she did the art um the the character art for katie of these two characters and i was like yo <laughs> do we um want to read the synopsis of the book absolutely here we go this is the kindle synopsis uh because i feel it's important to point out there are almost always different book description synopsis for audiobooks versus the other ones and i've had i've messed up with that in the past so here's the kindle one Catalina only made her deal with the demon because she had nowhere else to go. The world has kicked her every chance it got, so she's all too happy to leave the realm she knows behind. What's the worst that could happen? She doesn't anticipate being auctioned away to a kraken. Thane is cold and distant, but he's not unkind. Isolated as they are, Catalina finds herself seeking his company again and again. And when she finally agrees to uphold her portion of the bargain, that's when things get really interesting. But she only gave the demon seven years, and when the time is up, she'll have no choice but to leave behind the kraken who's stolen her heart and return to the world that doesn't want her. 
author's note for all tropes, tags, and CWs, please check the author's website. As far as content warnings go, here's what is on Katie's website. Abuse slash neglect, mental slash emotional, parent to child, historical, and then spousal death. There's in parentheses, historical, non-graphic, off the page. The next one is explicit sex, vomit, non-graphic, pregnancy termination, non-graphic, incidental injuries for magical purposes, grief, body shaming, historical reference briefly, reference to age play and to DDIG. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, um, Anyways, slight delification, use of unconventional gag. All right. So those are the trigger warnings. That is the plot summary. I would say that's, that's, it kind of met my expectations as far as like reading that. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's reflective of the book. (laughs) And DDLG means uh, daddy, dom, little girl, FYI. Okay. Did not know that. Thank you, Courtney. (laughs) (laughs) You are welcome. (laughs) Let's move to non-spoilery thoughts. (laughs) Let's do it. All right. Do you want to start things off? Sure. Non-spoilery thoughts. I enjoyed the book. I thought the pacing was great. Um, I just really love Katie's characters. And even though this book has a little bit of like a dark, darker subject matter to it, like the heroines that she writes, I just I gravitate towards them. (laughs) They're always like badasses and like, I don't need you. I'm an independent woman. You know what I mean? I really enjoyed the heroine and of course like her little morally gray heroes as well like got issues and they save each other essentially but yeah I I liked it I liked the pacing I thought it was a a perfect size book to just kind of like read in like a couple days or listen to it was kind of short I think six hours and I think that's all I'm gonna say about the non-spoilery things (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if this is technically a novella, but I remember seeing this story, uh, or rather this book and a handful of her other books in uh, my local Barnes & Noble, and they're short. They're like little, little tiny guys. So I would say this is probably a novella. Um, So things do move really quickly and also end really quickly. And so compared to Katie's other books, I've read many. um, I would say that there's fewer steamy scenes due to the length of it versus her other books. There's quite a few steamy scenes. Scenes. There definitely were steamy scenes in this book. Um, I thought this was darker as far as the type of characters than some of her other books, like the traumas that each of the characters experienced, which we'll get into in the spoilery section. But I would say it's it was a little bit darker. So for me, I go to fiction for escapism. So that to me made it a little bit like harder of a read, but at the same time, it was still a fun read. So um, I really enjoyed it. You know, big two thumbs up. How, how would you rate the steam? When they did actually do the deeds, I would say the steam was... <laughs> I was in Walmart <laughs> per usual. <laughs> um, I would say it was like a 10. Uh, like some of the scenes were a 10. Some of them were not quite as, you know, tentacly, but um, <laughs> 8 to 10, depending on which one. Okay. Yeah. I would probably hover around an eight. And maybe that's just due to quantity, but the scenes themselves were very steamy. And then obviously it's not traditional sex uh, as far as two humans. It was a tentacly guy, a kraken, (laughs) and a a human woman. 
Yeah. And I'll just say real quick, um, when you look at audiobooks, just from like a little author's tidbit, um, typically every 10,000 words is about one per finished hour of the audiobook. So if this was like six hours, I just looked, it was six hours and 17 minutes. So this book is about 61, 62,000 words. Um, so it's not technically a novella, but it felt very fast to me. It felt like a novella, almost like the, um, the Court of the Vampire Queen. Also in this book, do we want to talk about characters and who they are? Maybe let's move into the spoiler section oh, and sure. then we can talk dirty details as well as potential tie-ins to other books, which I don't yes. know if you put that together, but I sure did. And I was like, <gasps> all right, spoilery section. If you haven't read this book and you don't like spoilers, stop here. Come back after you read the book. If you haven't read it and you like spoilers, then, you know, forge ahead. If you have read it, then, you know, this is for you, boo-boo. Let's go. Okay, so do you want to do characters? Shall I? I'm going to let you do characters because you're really great at that. <laughs> you're sweet. Okay, let me pull up my notes. As ever, guys, if you see my eyeballs down, it's because I'm referencing my notes. I didn't make nearly as many for this book as I have for other ones. I felt that the magic system was very simple. Like, it wasn't too complicated. We're able to focus mostly on the story. Okay, so uh, to start things off, Azazel was the demon who does bargains, who we interacted with in Court of the Vampire Queen. And we're like, who is this guy? This is such a weird ending. Are there more books with Azazel? And yes, in fact, there are more books with Azazel. There is Catalina, who is the heroine. Um, and she is a human woman. She lost her job. Her family wants nothing to do with her. She has a lot of trauma with, honestly, I would say like abandonment sort of thing. Like she feels like nobody wants her and everyone leaves her and she does everything in her power to get people to stay and to want to be in her life, which honestly was heartbreaking to read. There was Romanu, who I wrote down the chipper demon. So he's very, excuse me, they, um, pronouns are they, them. There were a lot of different pronouns in this book. Um, so it wasn't all like, you know, cis, um, you know, characters. So Romanu was they, them. And they were very chipper, very sweet. They were a demon that like checked up on Catalina when she was with Kraken Dude. And I would say the other main characters, and I didn't write down their names, so poo-poo on me, but there was the Kraken and then there was the Kraken siblings, uh, one of which I think was Zizir um, for pronouns. And then uh, the Kraken's name is Thane, as was shown in the description. And it sounds like according to lore, there was like some banging of like, Krakens or gods with humans at some point, which thus made his kind. And they primarily live underwater, but he can go above water for a bunch of hours or a couple of days before he has to be submerged underwater. Um, and then the thing, the main character is the king of the underworld. And there's a bunch of different realms for these demons. And he's one of many. And the story starts off with him going to Azazel's territory to pick out a uh, madam, a lady friend, you know, whatever. And like signing documents saying that they won't force themselves on her you can try and like woo her and then if you if they have babies the babies must remain in the demon realm to strengthen the territory and it wasn't like a true auction but they kind of went up there and then the demons could select and Catalina had interacted with Thane before this all started and she was like a little sassy with him and he was attracted to that and I would say Thane is very, very serious. The grumpy sunshine trope absolutely held true with this fellow. Yeah, 100% grumpy sunshine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anything else you want to add as far as, like, the beginning and the characters? 
Thane is, he has a very broken past, so he's very grouchy, like, I'm, I'm going to get this contract, and, like, he's very hesitant at the beginning, but he's the total grump, for sure. Oh, it's probably important to mention that if the contracts are violated, meaning, like, there's harm to the human women, or if, it's mostly if they're harmed, honestly, then the contract is null and void, and then these leaders lose their territory. So there are high stakes for that. And I guess, spoiler alert, Thane was married previously to a male, I'm assuming he was a male kraken or of his kind, his spouse died. So he has like, you know, he's all kind of prickly on the outside, partly because he's protecting his heart. Yeah. Oh, I I was going to say also that the contracts last seven years. However, if you read Court of the Vampire Queen, you will know that in the demon realm, seven years is not seven human years. So I was like, oh, wait, this this girl says that she is going to sign the seven year contract. But if you've read Vampire, the Court of the Vampire Queen, they're like seven years could really be like 50 human years. You don't know. But I thought that was a, a cool tie in. And it's the same demon. Yeah, so I do wonder what it will ultimately be then. And also, I want a romance with Azazel at the end of these. If I do not get an Azazel romance, I'm going to be upset. And we got to figure out which romance is the one with like the demon hunter person from A Court of the Vampire Queen who makes the deal. Yeah. I got to we got to figure out which book that is because it's got to be one of them. It has to be because we were I remember at the end of the Court of the the Vampire Queen, we're like, but what happened to her? She went to this auction. She like sold herself. And I guess this is like the the spinoff. Um, there's a book in front of this, though, and it's called The Bride of the something. And I wonder if that's that character's. Yeah, book. I was just looking. So it's called The Dragon's Bride. Oh, The Dragon's Bride. Okay. It does not look like a dragon I've ever seen. But a Briar Rose is the name of the heroine. So that makes me think it might not be her. Yeah. Okay. Because I forget what her name is, but it wasn't Briar Rose. <laughs> it's Grace. Uh, uh, Grace. So it's the Gargoyles Captive, which is the third book in this one. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, I want to know what happens to her. She was such a badass in that book. Yeah, she really was. So that's the, the th- book three in a Deal with a Demon series called The Gargoyles Captive. Perhaps we'll have to read that in the future. Yeah. Awesome. Um, So shall we go into more spoilery stuff? Yes. So after they have their little auction, I guess you would call it, uh, Thane chooses the heroine's name. What is her name again? Catalina. Catalina. He calls her. Does he call her Lena? Yes. There's an. Okay. Lena. He calls her a nickname, which no one has ever called her that nickname before. She does not really respect herself I guess you could say so like she's had so many bad things happen to her that um, when Thane does things that could harm her life she doesn't take it as seriously as maybe she should because she's so used to being mistreated Um, and there was this one part where he I hope I'm not skipping too far ahead but he takes her into the underwater world and she tells him essentially, like, oh, if you want to take my mind off of this, then um, you need to fuck me, apparently. And that's the scene I was in Walmart, guys. I think it's chapter six. And so they're, like, descending into the abyss of the water. And he's, like, tentacle fucking her. 
And I was like, oh my God, I was literally filling up a water jug to go camping. And I'm like, what are the odds? Like I'm filling up a water jug. They're like going underwater. His tentacles are all inside her and all the orifices and places. Yeah, that was a very hardcore scene. It kind of caught me off guard because I was not expecting that. It was good. That was my tentacle cherry being officially popped. (laughs) Yeah, this is the first monster romance that I've ever read. How about you, Courtney? Have you read any before? I have not. And I've heard a lot of people talk about tentacles. I was at a conference recently and we were talking about subscription platforms and one of the older women in the room goes, oh, well, y'all slap us if, you know, there's tentacles. And everyone started giggling. So... I didn't get it, but now the joke slapped. Like 10 out of a 10, that joke was awesome because I totally get the tentacle thing now. Never read a monster romance. I've never read a romance where it takes place underwater either. Um, So those it's many firsts for me. Yeah, that might have been my first underwater one as well. And they got around that just for our readers, I guess, as a reminder, assuming that you've read it already if you're here. Um, she had like a ring or a bracelet or something that allowed her to breathe underwater. So it was like a magical get around for her, the human, to get underwater. So that was really interesting. And I've always heard that the tentacle thing, a lot of people enjoy that, very kinky. In the scene that Courtney was was referring to before where she's like, I need you to distract me, um, aka tentacle fuck me instead of finger fuck me. He's kind of descending to his kingdom and it's really deep underwater and she's scared and there's all this open water. And so that's when that happens. And then she arrives and she's like, I don't feel so good. Um, And that was because They had descended too quickly for her human body to adjust to, I guess, the pressures and whatever. Magical bracelet be damned. Yeah, so she gets there and then Azazel, no, it wasn't Azazel. I think it was the the chipper demon Romanu comes and is like, oh my gosh, this this contract is is no good anymore. You've harmed her, blah, blah, blah. And then she wakes up. She's like, nah, I'm good. This is fine. I've been through worse. And I, I feel like me as a reader, I'm sitting there like, bitch, what do you mean? through worse he almost killed you so I feel like she did forgive him perhaps a few too many times with like near-death experiences and like that one was unintended he didn't understand apparently human anatomy but other ones were very neglectful I thought where I was like are you serious dude come on yeah and also one thing about that bracelet that she has um essentially he traded that bracelet with one of the demons And it used to previously um, be owned by his husband. And so he was like, how did you get this? This demon has this bracelet. They trade. And the trade is that the demons, they're going to check on Catalina at any point that they want to. So they have access to his realm to go in and pop in and be like, hey, girl, how you doing? You okay? Is the Kraken treating you fine? And so I thought that was a, a good little way to kind of like bring it in with the husband and like also the demons having access to his realm because it's magically protected so I feel like this demon realm is kind of like weirdly wholesome you're like yeah there might be tentacle fucking but they want to make sure she's okay and they check in to make sure she's emotionally and physically safe yeah and so it's like a weirdly wholesome demon realm especially like with Azazel being like you're not allowed to force yourself upon these women you, they have to do like you know have sex with you willingly so yeah it was, it's a very wholesome demon it situation. is whole, it, it is because i've read some stuff where it's like the women don't have a choice like i feel like in katie's romances the women are empowered 
to make that choice. Like they get to choose if they want to fuck the Kraken King or she gets to make the, the decision as well as like, was this risky for my life? And so it wasn't like, oh, this was a risk. She's like, no, it's not a risk. I can. I, it's fine. I almost died, but I got fucked by tentacles all the way down. So we're good to go. It's OK. When she descended into the realm, what made them descend was he felt like she wasn't safe where they were previously. There was like this mishap with like a chef and a knife and he walked in and he freaked out and he's like, no, I'm going to bring you down underwater where nobody can hurt you. But then she's extremely isolated from everything. And so I feel like most of the books, she's like isolated and she's like, I'm going crazy down here. I don't have anyone to talk to. I'm being locked in a room like there's there's nothing to do. And he's avoiding her because he has some sort of feelings for her and he feels like, you know, he can't move past his grief with his ex-lover. And so there's a lot of guilt that he's suffering from. The sex is is very hot. After they do it several times, he just like disappears and they don't talk about it. And then he like ignores her for a couple days. And I'm like, what the come on, bro. Yeah. When he brings her down to his realm after that kitchen incident and he like drops her after like a you know nice little tentacle fuck. She's dying. She's not dying. She's fine. He leaves her there in like her ripped clothes. Um, no one else is there. She's more or less locked in that room. And she's there for I think it was like two weeks or something like that. And so when he finally comes back, it's made aware that like she's alive, but like she's not clothed properly. She's not really clean. She's been fed like bread by the servants because they were following his lead, assuming that meant like him dropping her there meant that he didn't care for her as like an honored guest or something. And then he's like, oh no, I feel so bad. Allow me to make her my honored guest. And then like things change and stuff. But yeah, I think with her trauma as a character, she does not like being alone and she wants to be with people that she feels cares about her. So that was really sad reading that. I'm like, I don't blame you. (laughs) Yeah. And like, imagine, I was like, I can't even imagine like this has got to be like solitary confinement for this woman because she can't swim. Okay. Like that's one of her things is like, she doesn't know how to swim. She's scared to death of water. She's underwater. Um, She can breathe underwater because she's got this magic bracelet and it's just like, she has no one to talk to and she's locked in this room and like he comes and fucks her, makes her feel great and then leaves her alone. And it's just kind of like, you know, I was kind of sad for her, too. I was like, she doesn't even have any friends. Like, the demons will pop in occasionally. But, like, she doesn't have anybody to talk to but him. And he's just kind of, like, in his feels. So Yeah, and, like, Thane's sibling, while super warm and sweet and, and endearing, at least how I read it, didn't hang for very long. There wasn't, like, it would, like, Thane, a Thane sibling would drop off clothes or something for her and then, like, peace out. So, yeah, it did seem, like, very lonely. And I was annoyed with Thane for the neglect and I suppose as like a reader I'm supposed to feel that way but (laughs) once he starts to be like oh no I have been neglecting you know my duties I, I need to show more kindness to her and blah 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 and you see them starting to like fall in love I was like all right prickly monster that's about time so then I started to really enjoy kind of their dynamic and I thought he was really patient with her especially like with her insecurities and triggers and whatnot so I would say that like there were more triggers in this book than other of Katie's books with I guess with her characters her leading heroine specifically yeah it was it was a sad situation for for both of the characters um and and she explains to him 
She's like, hey, the only reason I'm doing this is because I want money. And, you know, if I have money, then people will be around. And he's like, but they they are only around for your money. And she's like, I don't care. You know, like it's whatever it is, like whether they're here for money or here for me, like it's cool, whatever. That's that's just what I want, I guess, because she's so lonely. And there's a lot of trauma with her mother. Um, I thought the mom would actually come in at some point. But she never did. And so I was like, okay, so this is just kind of like a my mom's a total cunt and um, she's created a bunch of trauma and made me not feel like I'm good enough as a human being. But I feel like Thane really kind of breaks through with her as well. And he's like, hey, you deserve to be treated well. You deserve to have friends. You deserve to you know, have fun and be loved. And regardless of your bad attitude or your, you know, badass persona, like he kind of sees through that and he breaks through. And then on the opposite side, you know, she tells him like, you know, your husband, your husband, you had a loss and I'll never be that person. And that's okay. Sounds amazing and wonderful. And, you know, she's really supportive with that fact. Like, I'm not trying to replace him. And I think that the communication aspect, like at the end, they're like, oh, we don't communicate well. And like they said that several times. And I'm like, I didn't I didn't feel that. I think that they were strangers and they got to know each other. But like their communication, once they passed that point of, you know, trying to heal each other, I thought their communication was fine. I was like, why are you telling me your communication is shit? But when I think that y'all kind of like, helped each other in the long run with your traumas like your communication's fine for me I thought it was more like attachment styles like it seemed like he was an avoidant attachment style and she was an anxious attachment style for our listeners who might not know what the heck I'm talking about in the in therapy speak there are different ways that people have like go-tos for when they experience some type of conflict or trauma or hardship or when they triggered and some people are avoidant where they retreat from loved ones they don't really want to spend time with anyone they kind of retreat into their shell um, which is kind of what Thane did. He was like, I am feeling triggered by like my traumas with my ex-husband at passing away and being in this place that he and I used to spend time in. I am going to like not be anywhere near her or this place. And her, she was like, I would say had an anxious attachment style and feel free to disagree, Courtney, your listeners. But I felt like she wanted to cling to the other people and be like, I want reassurance. Tell me you love me. Tell me you love me. Tell me you love me. And so I feel like a lot of anxious attachment style people and avoidant attachment style people, you find each other. And it's really, it's really frustrating. So I, yeah, I would agree that their communication was good when they had it, but it just seems like they had opposite coping mechanisms. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Also, his husband died because he was the king of his realm. And apparently his husband went into this dragon realm, which he was not supposed to be in. And he was killed. It wasn't like an act of war. It was just he was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And so a lot of Thane's trauma is, oh, well, if I can't protect Catalina, the same thing is going to happen to her and I'm going to lose her as well. And so I think Throughout the book, he was like feeling these feelings, but he also knew his position. And so it was like, oh, well, I don't want history to repeat itself. And so there was a lot of that, too, because she doesn't know how to swim. And there's a bunch of dangerous things in the ocean. And, you know, uh, he knew that she wanted to leave like she wasn't happy down there underwater. 
But yeah, there was the scene where he brought her into the room where Helm and his husband used to hang out and they played an underwater version of chess. And I, I really enjoyed that scene because, you know, he's like, oh, she she doesn't know how to play chess. Like, she's not that good. And then she checkmates his ass. And I was like, you go, girl. Look at you, sleeper chess player. I loved that scene. It was awesome. I love that, too, because I felt like that was a great instance of them bonding. Because, like, sometimes for romance novels, you're like, yeah, there's just great sexual chemistry. I'm not fully convinced of, like, a romantic connection but you got to see her being a little competitive kind of getting out of her like wounded mindset him engaging and kind of less retracting of himself or pulling away so that was really sweet and she was competitive and beat him all about it yeah i love it i'm like you just beat the kraken king girl like at his own game (laughs) look at you then after that uh we move on to the part where she realizes that she hasn't had her period and that she believes that she is pregnant. She thought that this magical tattoo that she had was actually her birth control, but come to find out it wasn't and neither one of them checked. They were just fucking each other a lot. And so um, she ends up pregnant. And this is where it turns a little dark because she does not pause trigger warning for our listeners. If you don't want to hear anything about termination of pregnancy, this is your time to skip. You might, if you want to keep listening, maybe skip like a minute or two ahead. Okay. Keep going. That was a great, like you were on it. You go girl. (laughs) Um, But she decides that she doesn't want the baby and that she wants to terminate the child because she generational trauma. Honestly, I appreciated the scene because Thane was very much, this is your decision. I'm not, I don't have an opinion. I want you to be safe and I want you to be happy and I want you to make this decision on your own. And so I appreciated that. And also I find that in romance books, a lot of authors, like the happily ever after is, oh, you had a baby. So now your life is complete and everything is perfect and your life is just incredible. And I don't have children. And it's like, for me, it's like, oh, well, finally, there was a book on the market where a baby didn't complete the story. Like it actually like empowered the the heroine to make the right choice for her and for her life. And so I was like, you know what? This is very dark. There was a witch that came in, gave her a potion. There wasn't any like graphic details or anything like that. So if that concerns you, um, she had, she took a potion. I appreciated it from, from my perspective and from writing tons of romance, like the baby is like the thing that completes the family. And in this book, that wasn't the case. And I was like, you know, I, I, I'm so happy to finally read a book where that's not the case and it's considered romance. So I appreciated that. And Thane, was like the hero in this thing. He never made her feel any sort of way and she felt nothing but relief. And I, I liked that part. So. Yeah. And he didn't guilt her afterwards. Cause I feel like there are, you hear of some instances where the father of the baby is like, no problem, make your choice. This is entirely up to you. And then they guilt you afterwards. But yeah, Thane's character was like, I support you. This is my fault. There was a little bit of him kind of receding into himself and then being like, I should have known better. I should have been more proactive. It's my job to take care of her. And once again, I didn't do that. He was remorseful, which I, I did appreciate because I feel like there's in modern day society, 
um, without getting into politics too, too much. There's a lot of pressure that on the woman being like, it's your fault. You got pregnant. Well, it takes two to tangle baby. Um, and so I felt like he took his responsibility in this and which I did really appreciate. And I do agree with you, um, that I, appreciate that for this romance, the ending happily ever after the completion of the romance wasn't the child. Some yeah. families, they want children and that's beautiful. And some families don't want children and that's beautiful. And obviously this is all my perspective <laughs> and my opinion. Um, and so I, I personally struggle with like you sis had happily ever after the baby comes and thus completes the romance not everyone wants kids and that's perfectly okay and some people want one child and that's perfectly okay or they want a brood of children and plus you do you sleep um so <laughs> yeah so I did appreciate that as well also um when he found out she was pregnant I found it very heroic of him because he was like I'm just gonna canceled the contract and if i have to kill azazel i'll do it for you i'll give up my realm and i'll kill the demon and she's like whoa bro <laughs> like chill out it's fine we got this under control he's ready to like burn the world down for his mistake mistake i don't know if i should really call it mistake for his oversight you know because it does take two to tango only one tentacle to i'm just kidding i was okay i want to <laughs> know how he impregnated her i'm like does does the semen travel via the tentacles? Because I don't remember a magical penis coming out. At yeah, any point. they. I think they did have real human sex, like the man part. I think they did. Oh, maybe I just um, didn't pick up on it. <laughs> <laughs> because she was like, she said something and she was like, oh, yeah, about his dick. And then she was like, it feels different than a tentacle. Like it, then she was describing oh, how yeah. the tentacle felt and stuff. And so I was like, Oh, okay. So he does actually have a dick too. So he's got all these different tentacles. Yeah. They just kind of fuck and she gets pregnant because that's what happens when you don't have protected sex. Yeah. And I appreciated that the termination of the pregnancy was off the page, that it wasn't graphic. Um, yeah. Because I feel like, I don't know if you've read or watched Outlander, but I felt that that was pretty graphic and no. traumatizing. And I personally stopped watching the show at that. I'd like to be able to get back into it, but there was a really graphic scene. So for me, I appreciate that this was like quick, quick, quick magic, at, like done versus like drawing it out for the reader. Yeah. And like Thane, when the witch showed up, Thane was like, you better make sure she's good. And the witch is like, uh, do not offend me. Like, I, I am a midwife witch. I know what I'm doing. And she was just sassy, like, giving him looks and stuff. And I was like, okay, witch, where, what is your book? Because I think you probably have a book somewhere. Because that's just how Katie does. Like, I like your personality. And I've only seen you on the page for, like, one minute flat so there was like a brief little snippet where um it was like romanu and this witch have some sexual tension and stuff and that did make me think okay if there's not already a book about the two of them there will be yes it was it was good um and then after afterwards you know she has a little sleep potion he tells her essentially like you know if you want to leave you're more than I'm so sorry. Quick pause again for our listeners. If you skipped ahead, this is the end of the trigger warning part. We're resuming with the, the rest. Okay, Courtney, keep going. Yes, you're so good at that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and so anyway, after he tells her, like, hey, he goes and snuggles her and he's like, if you want to leave, you know, you're more than welcome to leave. And she's like, Do you want me to leave? You know, because 
her own trauma. And he's like, well, no, but I'm going to give you the ultimate choice. He decides that he is going to protect her by giving up his realm, giving it to his sibling to take over because they were already pretty much running the kingdom anyway. Um, And then him and Catalina move to this beautiful place where she can watch the stars from her bed and then they live happily ever after i assume so i i like that it was he he was making sacrifices for her and the kraken sacrifice i felt like the title i was like oh well his sacrifices you know leaving his kingdom to be with someone that he really does love. Oh, perhaps we should mention the fact that at the beginning of the book, Thane was like, at some point, I'm going to not be king anymore. I'm going to give it over to my sibling. I took it because I'm the eldest, but my sibling is just the best for the job. And so at the very end, he was like, it's time. And so that was his sacrifice, as as you described, where yeah. he just gave it up. And then his sibling took over and off he went to be with uh, Catalina. I don't know what it, like he did at that point. Like, did he have some other type of function in his kingdom? Maybe. Um, but it definitely felt like a happily for now. Cause I was like, what about the end of the seven years? Um, yeah. And like, how long will she live? Will she grow old? And so it felt to me like a happily for now, but I did really enjoy the ending. And then at the very end, it's been three weeks since the incident And uh, she's like, okay, well, um, I want to be rewarded because they go to their kingdom. They do the thing. They're together. And she's like, I need you to just go ahead and fuck me. And he's like, I'm going to fuck you. (laughs) So, so great that you're going to forget your own name. And here I am forgetting her name through the entire episode of this podcast. So um, (laughs) that's basically how it ended. It was a, a cute little bow there no longer underwater living in a house like by the sea so he can go back occasionally and keep up with his sibling and his kingdom and stuff and yeah it was it was a good ending I I enjoyed it yeah I thought it was really great overall um I think the only thing that I would have wanted which is just a personal preference thing is I wanted it to be longer (laughs) so I had a great time with it um and I guess apparently according to Courtney I didn't know that 10,000 words was one hour so that's great to know it was more like a short novel than a novella but um and this could be because my roots as a reader is like epic fantasy and those books are like easily a thousand pages each and so my brain I'm like that's it where's the rest I need some more banging on the page um and so I so I personally really enjoyed it but I'm like oh I do wish it was just a little longer (laughs) yeah she could have added some more scenes in there for sure but I I get it I totally understand and plus like the series like I imagine that I feel like they might cross like maybe you see the Kraken and these other people because I feel like all the realms are kind of like mixed together um, like the dragon realm and the demon realm and all, all these other things. So if you have listened to this entire series or read it, please let us know. Do these characters show up again? Because I'm honestly curious. Yes, we have a contact form on our website, or if that's not your thing, uh, email us at contact at spreadthosepages.com. Or you can also uh, message us on Instagram. Our DMs are open. Yeah, do that. So I guess we should give this baby a rating. Yes, let's move to the rating portion of today's show. Insert sound here. Okay, do you want to go first or shall I? I'll go right meow. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent. Do proceed. (laughs) Uh, I think I would rate this a 
I would give it a solid four. I feel like some of the scenes I wanted a little bit more, but like I enjoyed it and I enjoy Katie's characters and her world building. And I just really love her voice. There's just something magical about even when she's telling, you know, trauma and, and dark things and, and stuff like that. Like her voice is just it's great. It's fantastic. I, I strive to be like Katie Robert. If you're watching this, Katie. Maybe one day when I grow up, I'll be like you. I would give it a solid four. And yeah, I would totally continue the series. Um, if anyone wanted to know, like, hey, should I read this book? I would be like, sure. Just read the content warnings before you jump in because, you know, it does get a little dark. I think I would hover some, like somewhere similar. So my rating system is not for me. I enjoyed it. I would recommend it. I'm obsessed with it. So I think I'm somewhere around. I would recommend it with a lot of caveats. I would be like, if you are not cool with like sex on the page, definitely not for you. If you are not cool with monster fucking, also not for you. If you're not cool with, you know, mention of termination of pregnancy, not for you. So like there would be like a lot of things and caveats and it also be like your cool friends, not just any friend who doesn't read like steamy books. So um, I would recommend this to certain people. I love it. So um, do you have anything else to add to this episode? I just looked on Katie's website, and according to that, A Deal with a Demon, there are five books total and a bazillion different things. But under Bloodline Vampire series, um, Court of the Vampire Queen is there, which does make me wonder how much of her series are interconnected. Like, are all of these, like, different realms that have, like, you can portal between them, like, even with, like, the olympian gods and goddesses and whatever else so i feel like that it has me wondering because azazel and the vampire world is connected to the demon realm so i like it very interesting for sure um well if that's all we have today um we appreciate you guys so much for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode of the kraken sacrifice by katie robert and if you ever have any book recommendations that is just like 10 out of 10 you guys need to read this please reach out to us and let us know on audiobook please and thank you yes. um and yeah meg anything else Happy Halloween. If you are all watching this uh, around the time of release, definitely check out YouTube videos and or Instagram to see Courtney and her adorable pink wig and uh, kitty ears. And I have a horn. So, you know, that's exciting too. So <laughs> that's all everybody. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. We'll see you very soon, guys. Thanks so much for joining us today, romance lovers. Don't forget that you are the main character of your story. So go out there and spread some pages, live your happily ever after, and keep it spicy. See you next time.